Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell and that, that is Kurt Souter of, <laughs> dude, dude, of Further oh Still boy. Ministries. Dude, you're, I don't know what you had for lunch. Uh, but. <laughs> well, we're here and uh, we, we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio and we've been doing this now, is it five years this yeah. month, October, five, depending on when you hear this? Five years. Uh, in 2020, this is the fifth year we've been doing this show, which blows my mind, but Five years ago, we said, let's, we asked and prayed and asked the Lord, what do you, he brought us together to do a radio show. If you want to hear episode number two, all the way back five years ago, you'll hear the story behind that. But we knew we wanted to do a show that were, our audience was men because we know men can talk about sports, politics, and weather all day. But can we talk about the things of eternity, the things that matter? And that begins and ends with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, we as men, we may get a little bit, persnickety when we start talking about these things, about what to do, what not to do. But today we're not talking about church or religion. We're talking about a person of Jesus. And what does that mean to walk with him? Hence the name Solid Steps Radio. Well, part of the process of walking with God, we're going to talk about today, which if you go to a groom full of men and I say, hey, men, let's let's gather around. Let's talk about healing your soul. How many men will lean in and go, yes, let's oh, heal our souls. wait. And I can just hear the men going, where's the dial? But guys, hold on a second. You may have something, no, not you may. <laughs> you have something in your life that has wounded you, probably a person or a circumstance. And we're going to talk today about what it means to have our soul healed or in the process of healing. Chad, you know, um, w- one of the most famous, uh, well-known Psalms in all the Bible, Psalm 23. We, we hear it a lot of times at uh, funerals, but really, it's it's really a psalm about living life. And uh, I'd like to just read the first, uh, first section of it. Most of us know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And then he goes in verse 2. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then it says, he restores my soul. And so we have brought a good friend in, uh, Mark Denny, who uh, um, you 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 have helped people with inner healing. That was a part of. I mean, you you've been a pastor, you've been a missionary, you've been kind of uh, a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of things, and many of those are things that have to do with the very topic we're talking about today. Um, that's why we brought you yeah. in here, brother. <laughs> it's one of those interesting things. It, it's it, it's interesting in that for the longest time in my spiritual walk, I had this thing in the back of my head, and it is that I have a soul, but I go back all the way, guys, to the beginning of the scripture where it says that God breathed into his created human beings like you and me. He breathed into them And they became a living soul. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, okay, well, that's wonderful. And it's God's thing. God deals with a soul. It's his thing. Now, like most guys, if it's not my thing, I don't want to deal with it. I let everybody, somebody else take care of that. In fact, I'm going to be really careful that I just do what I'm supposed to do, fix things, take care of things, uh, do the next thing, and then move on. But it's interesting you read from the psalmist that, God restores our soul because in spite of the fact I was thinking I shouldn't deal with it because it belongs to God, just let him take care of it. Apparently there's something that I must do. There's, there's, there's this piece of 
our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And yet there's this incredible beauty of how God also restores our soul. Well, yes. And, And think about how this works. The soul is perfect when God gave it, but something has happened that requires that it needs to be restored in some way. I have to tell you guys, one of my thoughts when I think about this now is uh, when I first started operating with computers and I would do all kinds of crazy stuff, it didn't work well. And many, many times I discovered that they knew that that was going to happen. And so what they would do is they had a, a disc that you could put in and it was a total reset. And you could go back to the factory condition even though you had messed this thing up totally. Now, I realize anything that's happened in life, somebody's borrowed that from God. Mm. It's all good stuff, but it's not all new. And God recognizes that we often need a restore to and, actually and, begin to have the kind of life he intends for us to have. Yeah, a, a reset. And, yes. and, we, and we can kind of have a, a do-over mm-hmm. and, and a restart you know, Mark, let me ask you this. When when you, I mean, for years, I mean, m- many of us who are familiar with the scriptures here, the Lord is my shepherd, and then, you know, the the green pastures, the quiet mm-hmm. waters, and then he restores my soul. And I, I, to be really honest with you, I, I probably didn't really even take to heart the significance behind that. Well, one of the most significant parts is to understand that the soul is the essence of who I am Mm. because it's God given because it's God breathed. It is the essence of who we are. So when it's okay, then it's really okay. But when it needs to be restored, it affects every other part of our living and our existence. It, It affects how we engage with other people. And we'll talk more about those kinds of things. But when there's something that needs to be restored, again, going back to the computer thing, the one who made that computer said, when it's not well, here's how it's fixed. And God made us, he gave us this soul and he is the only one who can help who can restore it, but we have to be aware of how that can happen. So, so Mark, when you hear, um, he restores my soul, um, as, as a therapist, mm-hmm. how have you seen this? Uh, you know, I, I mean, in, in one sense, what the psalmist is saying, he restores my soul. It means that my soul needs refreshment. My yes. soul needs recharging. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. soul needs some help here. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, how have you seen the soul um, where it's it's somewhat withered? What what are some of the significant causes mm-hmm. that erode away mm-hmm. the 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 life and the health of our our inner man, our soul? Well, let, let me mention a couple of things. One has to do with how we know that it's eroded, <laughs> and the other one is what's causing it because it's sort of in the same line yes how do we know it's eroded how do we know that something's not okay that it's awry we know this because we keep repeating the same bad patterns Mm. when i say bad these are patterns that that punish us these are patterns where it makes the situation much worse or it just never improves so when I keep having that kind of experience, I know the soul... Destructive patterns. Yes, exactly. So I, I would say that. The other thing I would say is that when I begin to notice that I'm harming others because I'm not well, when I'm doing or saying things 
the way I behave with other people, when I'm more likely to strike out than I am to offer prayer for that person or to offer appreciation for that person. Something is not okay. Mm. And it's not just the circumstance. See, we often think if I could just change the circumstance, it would fix all of this stuff. But we understand that's not really where it is. One other thing, guys, and this, this, is, this one is rather personal. I know something is not right when I keep thinking, that happened when I was young. Why am I still having consequences from that? Mm. Because often what happens is we, we avoid things or we just don't recognize them as being that important but every so often it's like, I feel like I've gone back to being 14 when I was in school and I was embarrassed and, or I was in a situation where I felt less than, where I felt like I wasn't enough or more often than anything else is this idea of why is it that when I'm feeling this, I don't feel well and I don't know what it is. What you said earlier about repetition, Mm. when we, we repeat when we when we if we take an honest look at, mm-hmm. at back and go oh my goodness I've I I have been doing this for so long yes that is a that's a real pronounced signal that something is wrong and for guys one of the things we know when we're doing that is we avoid that and work on a job on a sport mm-hmm. on some experience that allows us just to sidetrack into something that's very comfortable and very uh, very relaxing for us, but it doesn't fix anything because it doesn't go away. Mm. Wow. Sounds like uh, my wife and I will sometimes at the end of a long day, hers longer than mine because she's with six kids at any, uh, most of the day, we'll stand there in the kitchen and we're both putting food in our mouth <laughs> and we're going, are you emotionally eating? We laughingly go, yes. <laughs> Men do that with work. Mm-hmm. Pornography. Mm-hmm. It's salve for the for the wound, mm-hmm. right? And we go to the we're going to a, a false healing, right? I mean, talk about that for a second. Well, one of the things that's interesting is we don't let this just lay there, but we go to the thing that has worked quickly, but temporarily. It doesn't fix anything. It just works to take the bad feeling away takes the pressure off for just a moment. Yes. But it really doesn't remove yes. the pressure. And you know, as, as guys, we, we, first of all, we never want to tell anybody I'm not okay. So what, what happens when you walk up to a bunch of guys? How are, how are you doing? We're okay. I'm okay. Yeah, we're all good. But one of the things we have to know is this, we don't get better until we acknowledge there's something that's not okay. We are going to continue to unpack that. And how do we identify and how do we, Um, understand our wounds, but we'll take a break right now. We'll take a break. Be back. Three more segments about healing your wounds and in the, in the soul of a man here on solid steps radio. Welcome back to solid steps radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter here with Dr. Mark Denny. And uh, we are talking about the healing of, of people's, their soul, their wounds, and what the healing process is like. And if you need some financial healing, you've had bad experiences with banks. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of that healing. Hey, that nice segue. Thank you. Was, uh, some, some are better than others. But, um, <laughs> but if you need a local lender, commercial, private, savings accounts, checking accounts, Ellen and Credit Union, Vision First Eye Care. If you can't see, 
Boy, Vision First can help take care of that, but you are more than a set of eyeballs to them. You are a person. Vision First Eye Care. And then Bright Star Home Care is an organization that helps you take care of your loved ones. If they are homebound or they need, whether it's one time a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care can take you down that path and show you all of your options to care for your loved ones who are homebound. You know, uh, Chad, in our uh, soul uh, care journey, our two-year soul transformational journey, um, we, we, we talk a lot about the soul. And, and Mark, you went through that experience, uh, what, a couple of years ago, couple I guess. A couple years ago, yeah. Yes. And then we had mm-hmm. to come back and had, mm-hmm. we uh, did a little interview. And, and I told Chad, I go, uh, hey, we've got to get Mark on the show mm-hmm. and just to talk about the inner healing of a man. And, and because most guys, we just walk around wounded mm-hmm. and we, we never address the inner healing. And uh, so, Mark, t- from your perspective, um, not just as a, a participant going through the two-year soul journey, um, but also as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, talk with us about the the wounds that we hmm. uh, are inflicted upon us many times. Sometimes it's self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. But talk about, um, from that perspective, how us guys can get wounded and uh, just from your perspective. One of the things that always comes to mind when I think of this is I think of how we're, we're building on life experience and it's a cumulative kind of thing. So the things that are happening in my life today are added to the kinds of things that have happened through my whole life. And many of the things that happened when they were happening, I may not have understood how significant they were going to be. Uh, can you give me an example? Yes. Okay. Well, one of the most important things that happens is when we are really young. Uh, this is not anything that has to do with me necessarily, but if I'm raised in a family where there's not a lot of tight connection, where where there's not a the ability to adapt to being in a, in a family together. Attachment is what it's called. And one of the things that happens is if I'm in a family that doesn't attach well, they're not going to attach with me as a baby. Mm. And so... I will immediately uh, feel uncomfortable when that's not happening. But over time as a child, I begin to recognize if you get close to people, it hurts. So you try to be very careful about getting close to people. Often you do the dance, which is I want to be close because that's when I feel best, but I don't feel comfortable because I know something bad is going to happen when I get close to someone. So that, that has nothing to do with my behavior. It's just if I was raised in a family where people just don't, they don't feel comfortable attaching and, and being open and, and being close. I'll give you another example. This is uh, just part of human development. Um, teen years are tough. Uh, someone asked me one time, if you could go back and be any age you want, what would it be? The last age I would give you would be between 14 and 16 years old. Most challenging time of life. And by the way, I was a quiet child. Nobody knew that there was all this stuff happening in me because I was not one who acted out. I just got quieter and and separated. So a lot of times with guys, what happens to us when we're younger, Mm -hmm. we may not have acted out. We may not have uh, used drugs or alcohol. We may not have driven our cars fast. We may not have been physically abusive to someone, but there was something inside that wasn't right. It was really being wounded. And what happens, guys, is when when these kind of things happen, we, we sometimes call this the hole in the soul. 
where it's like all the good stuff seems to keep leaking out. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is there are times when we're young and we make decisions that are not good. But the response to that, either our own response or the response of the people around us, mm-hmm. can, can give us a sense that you're just not okay. And by the way, there's a, there's a part of the brain that uh, there's a white material that is added to the brain, uh, to the, the nerve cells, and it really gives some protection. It's like a coating that gives some protection. You don't get all of that as a man until you're about 25 years old. So the behavior of 18 to 25-year-olds, I wonder maybe if we should just discount that altogether because we're not well-made. <laughs> we're not even finished. You know, the Lord somehow has said, we're going to let you just run without any kind of protection here for a few years. As, you think it's 25, Chad? Do you think we have all ours? <laughs> I'll, I'll no comment. Honest. I'm having the wrong decade for sure. I'll be honest with you guys. If, if we were broken down to the bare uh, nerves, we'd probably find a lot of people never got it. Yeah. <laughs> I can raise my hand. You, you don't see this, but I'm raising my hand because I think there are times when I think, that's not right. What's wrong with me when that's the case? Let me give you an example, though, of how this works out over time. Yeah. Um, often what happens when you've had some of those kinds of experiences, and there are many other things that could happen, but often what happens is, because it's not properly healed, and by the way, it goes without saying, but we have to say it anyway, we're made by God. We cannot be made well except by the presence of God. We have to be aware, guys, every day, I have my phone set every day for two things. One is, first thing in the morning, my phone pops up and says, acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We'll, we're not going to do well trying to eliminate God from this process. The other thing is, on my phone, it's a little thing that uh, I have one little uh, small miracle that I've just reminded myself every day. God performs small miracles every day. So let me give you an example. Let's say there's a guy who has gone through some of the kind of things we're talking about. But what are the things he needs to be thinking about in order for it to be better? I've got to acknowledge that God's Spirit is going to help, going to provide the means for this to happen. But I get busy because as a guy, activity is the substitute for healing. So I just get busier and busier. And by the way, I can keep moving up in the uh, lifetime uh, bump-up process where it looks like I'm succeeding. But there's a part of me that knows that success is very thin, and, very shallow. And at the same time, you can be succeeding in the in the corporate world, the business yes. world, or, or, or whatever world that is. And at the same time, your soul can be diminishing. Kurt, what if you know, <clears throat> I have a dozen people that can tell me I'm successful, but internally, I'm not experiencing that at all. Mm. That's where we know there's something in the soul that only God can, can, re, can recorrect, uh, can redirect. So here's what happens. I have choices. And by the way, the little miracles, the little daily miracles are where we're reminded God's want, he, God, the spirit of the Lord is speaking to the church all the time. The, the, the revelator said this, the spirit of, of God is always speaking to the church. We are the church. He wants to be doing these miracles for us. But here's the, here's the part that really begins to happen. When I don't f- allow God to fix that, I get more busy, 
I disconnect from people who are supposed to be healthy in my life. I begin to become more religious and less spiritually healthy. Uh, I keep waiting for the next thing instead of addressing what's happening now. When we when we're doing this soul the um, soul care conference, one of the most important things was silence and solitude. What is the reason for that silence and solitude? Well, it's getting alone with God, but not just God. God induced thoughts. Mm. And that's where we really have to say, I'm willing to be totally quiet, let myself rest completely, and let the, the, the voice of the Lord speak to me. Yeah, I, I think we many times we, we, we really misinterpret how important this soul really is hmm. and how it can, it can really, uh, we can, we can have, it looks like a full life, mm-hmm. but in reality, there's a lot of emptiness mm-hmm. deep inside. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, when, when you see that in a man, the, the, mm-hmm. there's emptiness, he might mm-hmm. not even recognize it. Mm-hmm. How do you begin to help him see the emptiness in there, the hollowness? Mm -hmm. How do you help him as a therapist? Well, a couple of things. The first thing I want to say is God will provide some healing that happens immediately. And that's sort of the, uh, sort of like the foretaste. You know, it's, it's, uh, when Paul talks about that we're, we're given this, this thing just as a beginning, but there's going to be a lot more happening. God will provide some healing for us, but often what we really need is not just an immediate healing, but wholeness. Because there's a, there are multiple aspects of life that are probably affected by this. So let me I'll give you an example so, of this. So, but I, I, yeah. What you're talking sure. about is a, it's, a pro, it's an event, Yes, but it's also a process. Yes. And guys, think about this. When, when I get really bothered about something, what's most likely to be the emotion that I show? I get angry. So, what's the healing part of this? God may help address my anger, help me to be able to respond to things without the anger. However, there's something behind the anger. Got, and he needs more help. I need more help than just fixing the anger. We, yeah, we got there's something deeper and we got to go a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to take a break, come back with two more segments to unpack a little bit more about what it looks like to walk through the healing process here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. We're here with Dr. Mark Denny. And we're talking about the healing process in the heart and soul of a man or woman, for that matter. If your septic tank needs healing, you've got problems. Uh, And I know the people who can fix it. Frank Enterprises, if you have a septic tank issue, If you've got a water drainage issue, if water outside your house is not going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of that. Landscaping, all kinds of outdoor activities, they can take care of it. Dan Hart Financial, he can take care of your, um, the healing of your retirement, which a lot of people might need that these days. Uh, If you want to talk about what a biblically wise retirement looks like, Dan Hart can sit down and take a look at it with you and kind of size that up. Southern Smoke Catering, our good friend Chris Hadley. Uh, is the it's a barbecue specific catering only uh, business and southernsmokecatering.com puts them south in your mouth and also Crossroads Missions it's a great organization we've had Robin on the show before crossroadmissions.com 
So, hey, Mark, you know, when I think of a healing within a, you know, a man's heart, you know, God restores our soul, but God uses different scenarios to do that. And I, in my experience in pastoring over the last 30 years, it's been that it, it, we can't really fully heal unless it's done in community with other Christ followers. And second of all, it's we we heal when we share our story. Hmm. Exactly. When, when when we are able to verbalize w- what has happened to us, choices we've made, good, bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. and that's God uses that to heal. I, we have to verbalize our story. Uh, expound on that. Okay, wonderful. Well, let me just say, many of us. <clears throat> the greatest fear we have is that somebody's going to find out who we truly are. Mm-hmm. However, you are exactly correct, Kurt. Without speaking about what's happened to us and what our story is like, what we're really doing is probably living a life that's not exactly, doesn't exactly have integrity. Uh, the first part of this, I think, is to recognize that we are all part of the same uh human process that God has made and everybody has a story and the story as you just described it has some really wonderful parts and we like to kind of uh, blow those up so everybody can see them but there are the other parts as well one of the interesting things about telling this story and one of the reasons why as you've said it's so valuable is because I can't tell the story until I get it straight in my own head in the 12-step program one of the things they're doing is to say you can't know what's going on inside of you until you're able to tell it to somebody. So you have to think about what that means and you have to work on what that means. That's a vital part of the gospel. We are all saved by his wonderful grace. And and sometimes we want to act as if there was no need of grace because I'm great. I'm wonderful, <laughs> but I really wasn't. <laughs> That's um and and I think you know I think for many men, Mark, it's it's hard to share our our deepest uh, sin struggles, mm-hmm. it's 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 really difficult to share um, things that happened to us, maybe even as a young boy mm-hmm. or a teenager, mm-hmm. and 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 if we don't verbalize that and share it with another godly man mm-hmm. who can listen and can pray with us. We, uh, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're not going to be able to be healed the way God would want to heal us. One of the things that I think often about in regard to that, Kurt, is this whole idea of what has happened to me. I sometimes I'm willing to say that because I want people to know I've been, I've been through challenges, maybe even to say it in a way, look what I've been through, look what I've accomplished, you know, I've, I've made it through this. But there's another part to this story, and that is, what have I done to someone else? Because you see, I injure myself when I injure somebody else. We don't often think about that part of the story. Say that one more time. I injure myself when I injure someone else. One of the reasons why it's so painful to live in a relationship with someone where there's injury is that we're both injured. And I I have to acknowledge the injury that I produced for that person. I got a part of that injury too. I wounded myself. A perfect example of this is when I say some 
some harsh something about the other person. When I, when I make a statement about their, their worthiness or lack of worthiness or their intelligence or any of the, the lack of character, when I'm doing that, what I'm really saying is I have the right, I know enough to make this kind of uh, a statement about you. What's happening inside of me when I do that is I am breaking that part that only allows God to do that. So it's like that part that's injured that receives messages from God. I've sort of twisted that and broken that. One of the things I think that's really important as well in regard to this is until I'm willing to acknowledge not just in what way, but why that hurt the other person as much as it did. Because many times we don't even think when I say I'm sorry, the most important question when I say that is, what exactly have I done? What is it that really makes that a, a horrific thing that I've done? And when I've worked with people in, in, in therapeutic sessions, one of the most important things that they often work through is when you were in this experience and you harmed someone and you wanted to finish it by just simply saying, I'm sorry, let's move on. That doesn't help. You have to say to your own self, what did I do that I've I've broken something inside of me when I did that. And I've broken something inside of you when I did that. And I need to know both of those in order for it to get better. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mean, just to show you how relevant this is, uh, um, I, I just had lunch with a dear friend and we were just talking about forgiveness mm-hmm. and the, the power of forgiveness and the, and the power of unforgiveness mm-hmm. on the negative side mm-hmm. and what happens when, when we don't forgive and we were we were we were just we were just describing a person who um, was struggling to forgive, and they're walking around with a, a growing bitterness. And who are they hurting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And when, but when when we don't think through the process, and then we don't verbalize it, and we don't. Uh, seek forgiveness mm-hmm. and offer forgiveness, man, we are, we're just missing that. That's just one, mm-hmm. one area of a person's soul. Well, in order for us to be in the process of healing, this wholeness we were talking about, we have to both seek and speak forgiveness. Yeah. We have to speak it in a way where we're saying to the other persons, I truly do forgive you because God through Jesus Christ has forgiven me. And, but I also have to say, I need to know what's what's going on inside of me. What kind of person says what I just said? What's causing that to come out of me? Where in the world did that come from? And not just to say that and, and move on, but to say, what's in my head? What's in my heart? What's in my emotional experience that allows me to do that? And especially to do it without thinking. Yeah, that's... Um, that I, I had a conversation with my two oldest last night about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I said, why is it such a big deal to ask for forgiveness? We went through all the, and I I came back to the same reminder that I always had. I said, imagine if I gave you guys some poison and you drank it Hmm. and then you wanted somebody else to get sick. Well, they looked at me like I was crazy. Mm -hmm. And they actually said, why would I do that? And I Mm -hmm. said, that's what unforgiveness is like. Yes, exactly. When you say, I'm going to let, I go, what if somebody hurt me today? And then 20 years later, I'm still mad at that person. I go, they're still hurting me. 
because I'm allowing them because mm-hmm. I haven't forgiven them. Right. Is that what you're talking about exactly. as far as that? Idea yes. Of, of, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and Chad, one of the things that, that comes up as you're saying this is that we often miss that part of it completely. It's like we move ahead from that as if that's the small part. That's the unimportant part. Let's talk, guys, about our parents. Uh, I picked my parents so well. <laughs> I have two of the greatest parents ever. My dad has a birthday today. He's 93 years old. Oh, oh nice. And last Thursday, my mom's birthday was the 91st. So the two of them have lived a long time. They're, they're truly wonderful people, but they made errors. Uh, my dad was raised by a man who uh, was in World War I and was probably had what we call shell shock, really had some difficult experiences. My mother's dad was... He died when she was 10. So they don't know anything much about parenting. Mm-hmm. So they've done well, but everybody has some experience where their parents really made some big mistakes. And the, and, 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 and the ramifications of that, you know, are, I mean, it, it just, that's pain. Well, and, and finding a way of saying, I'm going to forgive mm-hmm. whatever they have done. I look at my parents and, and I know this. Every mistake they made was not an intentional mistake. They really wanted to live as a man and woman of God. They just kind of messed it up ever so often, even though they were good. They did the best they could. They did. Well, well, think about this. If they were doing it other than that, I'd have to think they were horrendous people. Why would a person intentionally try to break their children? Now, I I have worked with some people who have done that. So that is possible. But for most of us, we don't see that. You're right. They did exactly the best they could. My dad, when he when he was thinking about how to be a dad, he hardly had any relationship with his dad because his dad was so distant because of the war wounds and things. Wow. So we're going to take a break, come back. And unfortunately, we only have one more segment, but we're going to unpack a little bit more about what this looks like. What does healing look like? Does it ever end? Is it a process that just never ends? Or are we? is there a day and time we can say, hey, I'm done. We're going to take a break, come back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, fourth and final segment today. And if you missed any of this show, you missed a lot. We're talking about healing. We're talking with Dr. Mark Denny. And if you need to hear this, which you do, by the way, uh, go to SoundCloud or uh, iTunes and type in Solid Steps Radio. You can also go to our Facebook page with the same name. And you can hear this show in its entirety. Thanks to our great sponsors like Veritech Generators. If you want to have a generator for your home, for the power outages that are inevitable, or for your business, or you need maintenance or a free estimate, Veritech Generators can take care of you. Iroquois Family Dental, for those in the Louisville, Kentucky area, two locations, one in by Iroquois Park, and then the second one out in the eastern Jefferson County. Eric Veal and his crew will take care of your teeth. And Executive Elevators, if you know someone who wants to stay in the home, but they don't want to have to go up and down the steps, and that's a big issue. First floor master, laundry, executive elevators can help you uh, install an elevator to get to where you need to go and stay home. And then the Southeast Outlook uh, publication has been around for years, talking and writing the stories that God is doing all around the world. So, Mark, you know, we talked about in, in the break a little bit about mm-hmm. just the, that critical component of how we need to be in community with other men yes. working through just the struggles of life and the hardships of life. They're going to happen. I mean, Jesus said, in this world, I mean, of all the promises of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and, and the promises of God, 
Here's one that we kind of like to not, we, we kind of like to avoid this one, but mm-hmm. he says, in this world, you will face tribulation. There'll be, there's going to be trials, difficulties, pain, mm-hmm. sorrow, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And one of the ways that we overcome uh, our, our, our pain and sorrows is connecting with others in, in biblical community and working through that um, Continue to share your heart sure. about well, that. A couple of a couple of examples of that. The first one is for guys. I don't know of anything that's more helpful than to find a small group. And I'm not talking about just selecting people out of the church group and say, there's one, there's one, there's one. We have to find people we have a connection with and we feel uh, a closeness to, we feel we can, we, we know that we can speak truth and we know that they also will speak truth but there is a genuine love for Christ there that also comes to us. So the love of Christ and the love for us is there. A small group, I meet with a group of people every Monday night. I've been doing this for many, many years. We know each other rather well. We are uh, uh, we laugh about the parts where we are so full of ourselves. Uh, we, we like to, to talk about those things not because we're trying to, to to lowball this, but simply to say, there I go again. I'm you know I'm, I'm just showing that part of me that still needs God's grace and mercy. But we're honest with that, and we really work on those things because because it matters, but also because it it's just not okay to live our whole life without doing that. The soul care thing. We have small group there. We would meet together. Uh, while we're in those uh, soul care setting, and then we would meet together otherwise. And we would just have these amazing experiences because there are people who get us and we get them. I don't know how we live well without that. That is a biblical principle that goes through everything in the New Testament that's taught about how a body of believers is supposed to act in a healthy way together. We desperately need other people working with us and us with them and working through those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, when you started, you described that, I think about all the, uh, the one another's of the new Mm, Testament, that we are to encourage one another. We're Mm -hmm. to submit to one another. We are to honor one another. We are to pray for one another and with one another. We're, you know, we're to uh, uh, consider one another better than ourselves. So there's this community and relational connection um, that brings healing, but, but also sometimes with it, there's some pain in that. Talk about that. I'm just going to mention one of my brothers who said to me one time, do you feel like you should spend the rest of your life nitpicking the uh, uh, problems your spouse has? Is that a good life? How's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> My my thought at that time was, um, if I had a really good comeback, I would give it to you, but I don't have one because it's just the truth. Because what he's saying is exactly right. Is that what you want to put your life? Is that going to be your life's uh, work to nitpick, not just my spouse, but really he was saying, is that really what you intend to do as the 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 way you value the days that God has yet to give to you. Yeah, I, I mean, what you think about, I mean, what Jesus says, I, I've come to give you life to the full. Yes. I, I've come to give you abundant life. Mm-hmm. And that is not the way to abundant life. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that's that, that's so many times we, we miss that. Mm. 
one of the things that, that I often think about in regard to, to the community aspect of it is uh, this is the, the precursor of the life we're going to live forever. We're going to have this sense of community, this experience of community. We're going to have that forever. We're going to live in a, this experience. Now, I will say this, and, and guys, one of the things, I, I grew up in a minister's home, so some of the stuff we talk about, uh, I always tell people, I, I'm not the smartest guy, but I have learned to pick who I, who, who I listen to. And I just remember my dad saying, you know, some people think they're going to wait till they get to heaven and kind of get everything squared away and, and finally get it together. But he used to say, but why would you wait till then? When God wants to work in those areas, not just sometime, but right now, in this moment, he wants to work in those things. We will live forever, but forever begins the moment Christ comes into our heart. Eternal life is not just quantity. Exactly. It's a quality of life that we begin to experience right now. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's one of the reasons why we do that soul transformational journey yes. because it's two years long. You think, yes. why, why is it two years? Because transformation takes time. We don't just we're not just renewed um, by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus with the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ. But it takes time. It does. It does. And you know the and proce- it takes practice too. Well, and the process itself instead of being avoided, it's actually very beneficial. The process is very much a part of what God has for us, not just the end result, but the process. Imagine how much we learn from recognizing that God is walking through this whole thing with us. I mean, he could fix a lot of this stuff instantly. He could just say, Mark, here it is. It's pretty easy. Just do this and this and this. But that doesn't develop a relationship. That simply says, here are the rules, abide by them. Well, you know, you're just describing. My grandma used to love to bake. Mm-hmm. And, of course, for us kids, it was like we, we want the end product. We just mm-hmm. want the cake at the mm-hmm. end of the... But, but for grandma, mm-hmm. it was the process of putting it all together and then watching us all enjoy it. And for God, he wants to watch us grow mm. and develop and mature in our relationships and in our healing and just in our walk with him. When my children were growing up, I didn't understand not only what a big deal it was, but how precious it was Mm. watching them and experiencing that growing up with them. And today, sometimes I see uh, young couples who have young children and I just say to them, Please don't miss what's happening here. It's a really important thing. And it's, it's a lovely thing that's happening to you right now, even though you're probably tired from a lot of it. <laughs> I think God says the, thing, the same thing about us. The fact that he is growing this in us and through us, it's a lovely thing to him. It's a, it's a precious thing. And by the way, uh, he's had a lot of experience working with me. <laughs> so I think it's made God very happy. He who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you, hmm. in me, right. he will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Mark, it is fantastic. Uh, the hour has flown by. 
But thank you so much for sharing and thanks for your wisdom and your insight. Would, but would you pray for us guys? Absolutely. Pray and listen. I will do that. And thank you guys for inviting me here. I really appreciate it. Oh, that. it's a joy to have you. Um, thank you for let's, coming let's in, Mark. Together. Okay. God, you know us. Uh, the psalmist said, you know us when we stand up, when we sit down, when we come in, when we go out. You know everything about us. There was a time when that was frightening to us. But now we recognize it's the way that we become whole. It's healing and wholeness. It's allowing us to understand what you know altogether. Thank you that you can help bring us that peace the psalmist talked about and restore our soul. We are asking you, dear God, start it right now and let us be completely perfect in our relationship with you. We may not be perfect in our actions, but may our relationship with you be just as strong and healthy and, and blessed as can be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thanks, Mark. So if could you imagine if you're a reader reading a book that had no margins? Next time you pick up a book, look at the top, look at the left and right and the bottom of the page. And imagine there was zero margins. How hard would it be to read the book? Well, Kurt and I were talking the other day about how hard it is to live without margins, i.e. me living right now crazy, but you need some margin for healing, some space. And Kurt has put together a wonderful retreat called the Soul Care, it's the Soul Care Experience. If you want more information, it's a two-year journey, four retreats a year. Mark, myself have both been on it. It's once a quarter to get away for 24 hours to give yourself some margin, just you and God. Sound, sound attractive? Good. Go to uh, furtherstillministries.org, furtherstillministries.org. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Solid Steps Radio, uh, request some more information on it. That's starting up for the signups for 2021 is starting right now. So that two-year journey begins in January, January. of mm-hmm. 2021. You, that sounds pretty appealing to you. It maybe even sounds scary. Sign up for it and uh, I promise you will not regret it. Hey, thank you for listening. Follow this uh, along on Facebook and share it on your page. That would be very helpful to us. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.